glasses. Uh, with that, we welcome into we, we normally cheers each other. That's fine. You guys are alcoholics all night, so. <laughs> welcome into another edition of Road Tripping with RJ and Channing. And tonight, our guest, I'm your host, is the one and only James Jones. No one calls him that. Nobody Champ. does. Not even my mom. My name is Champ. Your mom calls you Champ? She calls me Champ. She's the real She likes baby. the ring of it. She. She, I should have. She she messed she up. Wants she the, she wants those checks to keep coming. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> she wants her bills paid on time, and she gets it. Listen, I knew you as James. I'm gonna refer to you <laughs> yeah. always as right. James. And then your other tooth will be missing. You keep it right there. It's not missing. It just happened to die. Uh, happened to die. Champ, we've yeah. talked about the story as to how you are nicknamed, why you're nicknamed Champ, but let's hear it from you yourself. Um, there's a bunch of different way. I mean, stories how the story started, but it really when we're down in Miami. Um, that first year when Bron and and Chris Bosch came down to Miami with D-Wade and they had the big three, um, I w- was in the three-point contest that year. And so I was training for it. And after I won it, you know, I was in the gym every day before. And they were like, Champ, you going to win it? I was like, yeah, I'll win it for sure. Back then, everybody called me JJ. So you're going to win? I was like, yeah, I'll win it for sure. It'll be easy. And knowing that Ray was in it and Paul was in it. You know, Ray was someone I grew up admiring, and and I had the opportunity to shoot against him, and I couldn't wait. And so when I won it, when we came back, our first practice, Dave Fisdale, the coach for the Grizzlies, came in and started screaming, the champ is here, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, the champ is here. (laughs) So from that point forward, people realized I was – they were like, oh, you know, that sounds good. That's a, a good name. And then from there, people started asking me why I was champ. And it was because I don't lose arguments. And <laughs> I'm always right. So, at that point, I, I win at every argument. So, champ is fitting. RJ, Channing, does he that, win well, at no, every no. argument? That's why well, me and champ have such a great relationship. Because we both like to win arguments. Yeah. And so, when, when it gets to the point where it's still made, it no longer becomes an argument. It becomes an exchange of ideas and perspectives and views. And so, that way I can preserve RJ's stance of never losing. And, and I can win. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and champ, he um, – He's a gasoline on the fire guy when he no feels way. like he's starting to lose an argument. He is the guy that will say something to Channing and then wink at me very obviously, like, <laughs> I know I'm wrong, but I'm still just going to inflame the situation as high as you I know can. No, it is. I inject energy into situations. <laughs> <laughs> if they call that gasoline, then, but no. Um, yes, that's on usually on what occasion, happens. On occasion, yeah. when I, I sense that, you know, Channing really has a point of view, a perspective that he's passionate about that he wants to get out, I'll just give him like a. A, a soft nudge, a gentle nudge, and and then bef- at, before you know it, I'll nudge him and I'll walk away and I'll let you know the rest let of those guys go at happen. it, and then I'll come back later and, and kind of squash the fire. So, do you have a target on the team? Like, is there someone that's easier than others? I'm I'm just gonna put my own <laughs> self in there. I sit next to Champ and I talk to Champ the most, literally, because I can't stop talking on the bench. You know, I just can't be quiet. I just I just don't. I just don't think – to me, that's not good. I have, is, is it Tristan or Channing? Huh? Which one's easier for you to get No. Uh, Channing, by far. <laughs> oh, easy. Channing I'll get myself far. going, and then, like, he'll hype me getting me going. I'm like, damn, I should have done it. He's like, yeah, you should have done that. <laughs> Take Channing on the roast caller and say, yeah, you should have done that, and then walk away and be like, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we you – know, but – but but it's good for the, it's cool, you know, because that's the way you keep this thing light around here. You're trying to win. It's such a pressure cooker. So you, know, you have to have an opportunity to laugh. And I try to make sure that all my teammates laugh every day, even if it's laughing at themselves, which is usually the funniest. Oh, I definitely lead the team on that, man. <laughs> at laughing at yourself, yeah, I, I, I think would I'm agree. Hilarious, without a doubt. Are these guys as comedic relief as people really think they are? Champ. Our team? Oh, these guys? These two. These clowns? Of course. <laughs> these clowns. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, listen, you, you know, it's very unique that you can find personalities that, that mesh well. Mm-hmm. And, and these two have a history together. So, you know, they kind of like joke on a different level. And so if you're, you're watching them, watching their interactions, you can tell there's a long history of, of, of back and forth. Bullying. Bullying, yeah. Oh, bullying. God. Even though, the, even though the, the, the smaller guy bullies the bigger guy, I still don't know that dynamic. Yeah, but Richard, me and but, Richard weigh the same almost. No, nah, nah, that's not even close. I've been, been getting such a bad rap as a bully. No, listen. I've been getting such a bad rap. You know, listen. And it's Chan- to, no, but it's to the point, champ, now where it's like, 
I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, yeah, there we go. Here we really go. Again. He just wants to this, put the zipper on it. Just from this podcast alone, people really think that RJ is way too mean to Channing. <laughs> because they listen to the podcast. They need to see it when it's behind the scenes. Well, see, what people yeah. don't see people don't see is like when we're doing the podcast and Channing's like scrolling on his phone. And I'm oh, like, Channing, yeah. pay attention. Or Channing is like eating food or getting up and walking away. And I'm like, Channing, we're actually recording. So then it's like if I get an attitude, it's like, Focus, like yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like Richard's so mean to Channing. It's like, wait a second. If you guys were in my seat trying to structure this, well, first of all, either I had to go get the wine, or I had to pee oh, by the way, because of the wine. He plays the victim better than because any actor. That you know is what? it. You need an Oscar. That is it. He plays I would love an Oscar. Oscar. You he play plays the victim. The victim. Well. I am actually not a bad thespian. No, but uh, thespian. That's what they're called. Thespian? No, no. There's a P. There's, there's you thespians. There's a P. There's a P. It's not with a B. Oh, I thought no, you no, said no! It. You said thespian. Oh, he said. I said Did I? He yes. said. You said, oh, it, des- oh, you said it twice. L. It's a male. There's it's a male. <laughs> <laughs> it's a male. It's a male thespian. Uh, uh, we're oh, gonna have to edit that. You do. Uh, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he plays the victim uh, yeah, really well. Jody Foster and the accused. Dude, without he plays a doubt. A, he oh, plays the victim. Man. You know he's a gone girl. Gone Girl. Gone Girl. I haven't, Girl. I haven't seen that. Such a good Get movie. Get Out. It was, on, it was on yesterday, actually. Have you seen actually. Get Out? No, I haven't seen it. No. I almost went across the street to watch that today. But Gone go Girl, champ. Was it on, like, premium channels? It was on FX. Oh, yesterday. I would have watched yeah. it. Because FX, I don't have premium like channels at home. It, was, it is so good, but it's one of those movies that at the end you're just mad. Is it better than Girl on the Train? Never seen that either. Is it better Ooh. than it's a sequel, uh, right? Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Ooh. That is great. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is amazing. great. I would recommend watching all four movies. Dude, no, no, no. Gone Girl the book and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo the like book were absolutely boy. ridiculous. Like this boy reads. I read the shit out of those things. He read. He read. Like I read what is it called? The Dragon with the Tattoo? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Chat, chat. Uh, I just want to say How do you I know, this? I want to say this. Like, like, no, it's some. Chat, I just want to say this. Because people think I am a bully. Champ, you sit next to Channing. Yeah. When have you seen him read anything other than comic books in the last year and a half? Where? When? Because he just he just mentioned books that were popular in the last like three years. Uh, I haven't seen Channing read a book. A ever. physical, ever. A physical book. I read them at night. They make me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> books make me sleepy. Oh, it's a natural the victim strikes thing. Again. The victim. Oh, it's a victim. Oh, oh Richard, you're just a bully. So yeah, this is where he throws the word coast, bully in there, and I'm the bad guy because I know. Bullying, I'm going to say aggressive pushing. Because he knows. That's cool. Yeah, you know, but that's, cool. that's what he does to me. He he plays a victim, and everyone that's, turns against me. You know what? Me. Let's talk about Champ since he's here. <laughs> and, and speaking of Champ, the very first year you came back, which was my third year, we had a conversation preseason Champ on the elevator. And what I learned about you was that every morning when you wake up, you read the text section of the newspaper. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. Every morning. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, that's like – the rest of the world, I see history repeats, repeats itself. I think the only thing that really changes daily or yearly is technology. Everything else is the same. If you're talking about politics, one party, the next party. If you're talking about who's in power, who's in trouble, there's always a politician doing something illegal. You know, <laughs> There's always some investigation. If you talk on the world stage, there's always some some crime or some some terror or something. The only thing that changes on a consistent basis that you may not have seen before is tech. So I stay in tune to tech. Champ is super smart. I know Champ since 2000 and yeah. – what was that? Seven? Yeah, we uh, – oh, 07, 08. 07, In Portland. You guys Ooh. played together in Portland, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we were on the same we team. Sort of played. We were on the same team. We did, hey, those three on three games. I right, fire. Listen, Ike Diago and Shavlik Randolph were some of the best <laughs> – they were the worst guys <laughs> to play at three on three yeah, ever. Yeah. Shout out to Shav yeah. and Ike. Shav for sure. Man, Shav, those guys, uh, they played too hard. Seriously, Dude, I was like, man, listen, I'm just trying to get some cardio. I know I mean, we're like, just out here to go through the motions right yeah. now and make it look good for the coaches. Yeah. And they're like, no, we we got to go. You no, know, until someone gets injured, we're not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how it was. That's very productive. It was unbelievable. Right. That's, I mean, uh, not to keep talking about that, but that was an amazing team. Where now you look at like. All that oh, talent man. that was on that team. Those Share teams. with us, Channing. Uh, we had, like, Brandon Roy in his second year. Brandon right? Roy. And then Marcus Aldridge in his third year. Uh, you had Travis Outlaw during his best year ever. You had Joe Prisbilla, one of his better years ever. You had – Martel uh, Webster. Martel Webster, Jared Jack, Steve Blake. Sergio Rodriguez, who's Sergio on Philly. Sergio Rodriguez. Um, um, 
We had Ray LaFence. Ray LaFence was school. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he was comedic. He was <laughs> so, and we weren't allowed to have beers on the bus. Now, Ray <laughs> was the oldest, most big, like, well, the, now that I'm older, like one of the vettiest vets ever. <laughs> he would have a shoebox full of beers and then cough every time, like, just to, like, piss off the coaching staff, like, on <laughs> 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 the back. And he would tell me, Channing, you shoot the crap out of that ball. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that here. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Nah, it didn't work. Yeah, I'm going to Phoenix. Little no. did we know. That was a different time. Uh, that was a different that time. That was before the stretch five. Before, way before. But think about it, If Ray from France played now, he could have played. What did he retire when he was 31? Yes. Yeah, he, he, had a bad, he had a bad body, though. Did yeah. He? Yeah, but, but like, he had a jumper. Like, and yeah, in today's game, have, you can have, have a bad he body. And it was a jump shot. He was a pretty good defender. Just tall, long, smart. Yeah, those are interesting days. Yeah, we yeah. lost to and you, did, you, you. You were on that team too, sort of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> on a roster, I was on the roster. I mean, Me and you, with but Joey no, Mid- we, uh, we kept asking Bob Channing, Medina. like Channing, why don't you ask to be traded? Why don't you ask to be traded? You know, he's kind of, you know, I know, <laughs> too nice of a guy. Way too nice. His wife was from Portland. Oh uh, yeah, Portland. So no, I asked him once. Go. I was like, Channing, they why didn't you even sign Portland? a qualif. This is the best thing about this. <laughs> they let Channing go for free. They didn't sign him to a qualifying offer. And because that's my that's my brother right there, the fact that he went to Phoenix, had a career year, and helped put him out of the playoffs the very next year was, oh, I felt, felt like good. I was in that playoffs. We all felt that way. Oh, it, was, it felt good. It was vindication. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, boy. I was like, hey, Grant Hill and Steve were like, Channing, we see how hyped up you are. We're going to get you the first six shots of this game. <laughs> I was like, give them to me. <laughs> Give them to me. And then it was barbecue chicken after that. Well, <laughs> and, and it's just to tell you out we are there, good Champ, Champ and I have this agreement. And I'm not – when you're always on the outside looking in, but sometimes when you're on the inside looking in, there are some real bad GMs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. It was just different. No, I, no, I'm saying when you're on the outside looking in, so you have all these – Let's say like ESPN wants to criticize, you know, yeah, draft picks or pundits, all these people mm-hmm. that that are can criticize without ever having a penalty of being wrong. Not to let, let's just say a name, Stephen A. Everyone knows who he is. He can be wrong a hundred times in a row and might have a little bit of criticism, but there's no place to really direct the criticism at him. But when you're on the inside, like you're within a team or you're within the NBA and you're looking in at what's going on like being inside the house, then you start to realize it's like you let a seven-foot guy that can shoot the ball go without a, without a qualifying offer. You could have gotten a second-round pick. You could have gotten a first-round pick. You could have got a trade. You could have done something to get nice. value versus, nice. le- versus letting this guy leave for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I signed that. He signed a the minimum low, deal. Yeah, he signed a minimum like, deal with yeah, Phoenix. It was two years, two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so was yeah. like, Size of, you size of, it was size good of, money. It, it was good money, but trust no, me, but, your boy was on them noodles for a second. Yeah. The ramen noodles was getting right. hit. But he, but he signed a minimum deal. Oriental flavor or the chicken? The chicken. Oh, I go I'm with sorry, the chicken. Yeah. I don't eat the beef, but oh, no, no, super no. salty. Look. So he signs a minimum deal um, after they just let him go. He goes to Phoenix and then puts them out of the playoffs the next year. Like that's kind of like the basketball. Like what were you guys doing? Because multiple teams, even when I was in Jersey, uh, Josh Kroenke was in Denver. Both of our teams had called to ask because Channing was just sitting on a bench for an entire year. So we needed help. I think that year, remember Mikey Moore yeah. came oh and had Mikey Moore. His came mid to range us. was yeah. so he, nice. He came to oh us. It's an old NBA name, but he came to us after being a journeyman and goes and leads the NBA in field goal percentage because we had everything around on him. On jumpers. Yeah, so it was on me. jumpers. It was me, Vince Carter, Jason Kidd, uh, Jason Collins. So we had kind of our starting unit. We just needed a big man. So they were calling, trying to get Channing, calling, trying to get Channing. They wouldn't let him go. They wouldn't let him go. And then all of a sudden, he's putting them out of the playoffs next year. And it's like – there are just some real, no, real bad you. moves out I mean, there. You know, we you know, in this league, yeah. was, you, you can't let seven-footers just walk away. It's not like you have very many no. NBA-caliber Sk- skilled skilled big men just walking around like just and actually have been pro- have proven themselves in games. And so sometimes you wonder. It's just a different you – know, I, I just think at that time the there league no, there's had no excuse. been no – There's no excuse well, for seven-footers. There's nice no guy. excuse. I think the thing was, <laughs> I think they thought like, hey, we just lost to Houston. Um is the league going to get bigger? 
Like, but humans don't just naturally get bigger over a, a over a two three year cycle. Okay. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm but, trying to make but, up something, but, all but I'm I don't saying, really oh, Chad, know. Chad, it, just, it just wasn't the right system. Here you are in your 13th year, and you're going to play another seven or eight years. <laughs> no, I'm not. Boy. But whatever. No, he's not paying. Yeah, I know he doesn't. He doesn't like it that much. But what I'm saying is, someone's <laughs> going to pay him. Someone's going to pay so him for true. seven years. What I know, he'll have and the opportunity to play, to play for seven years. He so chooses. And you, a team, let Channing walk for free. Now, Basically. like that to me, if I'm an owner, I'm looking at it, it was like we couldn't get nothing for him. There was there was nothing that we – was he a bad kid? No, no, he's actually a great kid. Did he not work hard? No, he works extremely hard. Did he not have a b- good basketball IQ? No, he went to Arizona, got oh, with no, the school for four years. I would have left that one out. Yeah, but it's he like, watches film once a month. Arizona. Was, we know yeah. Arizona. But it was like – so why couldn't we get anything from him? Oh, yeah. I really don't have an answer to that question. Um, yeah, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a different NBA, but I, there were still seven footers all across the league. Some yeah. of them just didn't play. Yeah, you're right. So, but let's talk about you. James. Just people want to know. Champ. Whoa. That's why Whoa. I don't respect. Wow. He keeps saying James. <laughs> well, that, no, we need is, the conversation to continue. If you call him James, it's no, I'll be listen a very to you. I'll talk to you guys. Hey, Champ. We call you Champ. James and Champ. We'll work to the Champ. Allie, do you want to know something? Because we're going to go back to a dark time, a very, very dark time in, in sports, in basketball. Uh, but James Jones, a.k.a. Champ, was front row center oh, on man. the court during the malice at the palace. That's what they call it. We just called it the fight. <laughs> <laughs> a little scrum. <laughs> just during, some buddies. The malice during, in the palace uh, sounds so much better when you talk about history and yeah. how I look on a Wikipedia <laughs> well, I, I'm page. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but. One of our earlier guests, you'll like this, so you can imagine the illustration that was put out there. One of our er, er, uh, earlier guests, Bill Walton, he was doing the game. So Bill was doing the game, and you, you, everyone that anyone that listened to our earlier podcast, they know that Bill is a wizard with words. Like he will talk for hours. He will give some off the wall illustration. He's like, "This is the worst day in the history of America. <laughs> Not since the bombing of Pearl Harbor." The attacks on 9-11, and now the malice in the power. Like, he yeah. is just an over-the-top person. That's funny. So, Chad, take take us back. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, real simple. We were – that year we were loaded, and we went into Detroit, and we were playing really, really well. And I think we were pretty – we were up pretty big. I think we were giving them all they can handle. And so, that near the end of the game, the game got kind of chippy. And I think uh, – I don't know if on their end somebody fouled, and then on our end there was a review. Somebody got fouled, and then there was a review, and guys started talking back and forth. And it started with Ron Artest and Ben Wallace. They started jacking back and forth. Ben with his, you know, um, wristbands around his forearms, flexing headbands, headbands, headbands. I'm sorry, around his arms. He's looking, and the guys are going back and forth. And Ron takes off and just kind of like walks to the table. So you have Chauncey. On, on one end talking, you have Rip talking, you know, Jermaine O'Neal and Rasheed Wallace, they were teammates in Portland. So they're going back and forth like, man, listen, just get the game over. And so Ron's sitting on the table, and everybody's like, he's the one that was kind of involved in it. Where is he? He's on the table. Coach Carlisle says, okay, this game's got out of control. Basically, we're up big. No more. James, go get Ron. So I'm walking to the scorer's table. And as I'm walking to the scorer's table, you see a Red solo cup <laughs> <laughs> fly down and hit Ron Artest. And so he's laying on the table and he just takes off into the stands. So he takes off into the stands and Steven Jackson, who's always itching to, <laughs> to start something, Stack Jack just jumps up, climbs over the stands, up in the stands. Next thing I know, he's throwing punches. So he's slinging and throwing. And I'm my second year, I'm sitting here. I'm, I mean, like, I was expecting right. a DNP. Yeah. I'm sitting here like, man, what's going on? Y'all going to mess with my bump fight, right now. Fight, fight, <laughs> So, Ron's throwing punches. They're going back and forth. And then I just see, like, you can slowly see the rest of the arena start to. I'm sorry, just, at what point of the game is this? This is, this is the, the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Near yeah. the end of the game. Maybe the, the end last of the game, okay. Yeah. minute or so. Yeah. So, you see the rest of the arena. People start, like, moving, shuffling. You can see it all, the atmosphere. The guys on the bench stand up. On our team, we kind of step to the court. Their team steps on the court. The two, like, fans next to us in, like, Pistons jerseys, they get up, they start – Fred Jones runs up the stands and meets 
his maker, and it ends up coming back down. <laughs> and so what do you mean, just, meet his maker? What happened? He got I mean, he, he, met a, he met a haymaker. Oh, oh, he got a haymaker and yeah. it came right back down. So, yeah, and it came back down. <laughs> he said, and so, "Go sit back down." You know, Anthony Johnson at the time was in in a cast, so he's on the bench in, in street clothes, and a guy runs on the court. Jermaine O'Neal stands up, swings, and hits a guy and slips. Uh, Anthony Johnson tackles a guy. He's down on the kind of like rabbit punching a guy with, with one arm. And then you just start hearing it. You start seeing bottles, <laughs> coins, boom, shoes, <laughs> boom. Everything just starts coming to the court. And it just became, became total chaos. So I'm standing kind of like right here as Jermaine goes flying by and gets into a scuffle. And then security comes. They grab us. We start going to the locker room. They usher us there. And, I mean, at that point, I had gotten hit with a water bottle on my knuckle, swollen up. Uh, quarters were flying. Uh, like, I don't know if they were using, like, cups for beer or something, but you just seen, like, everything coming down. Purses were coming down. And then David Harrison, one of our rookies, goes up and starts doing something with a guy in a wheelchair and basically snatches oh. the guy in a wheelchair uh-huh. down. And so we get hold to on now. Yeah, no. If I'm y'all don't know how big David Harrison no, by the way, was. He's he like was seven, seven foot feet, one, like two seventy five. Athletic. Yes, athletic. athletic just was, gorilla of a man. Yeah. And so, like all this is going on, it happens in I'd say in a matter of a minute. It happens so fast, and we get back into the locker room, and it's just like. Guys are stunned. Would it? Would it? And then, and then, so so guys are like, "Yeah, Stack Jack's like, yeah, yeah, man." Like, so guys are basically just amped up. And then Ron just comes back and asks, he's like, "Yo, son, you you think I'm gonna get suspended?" (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, we knew. At that point, we knew our season was in jeopardy uh, because you know immediately, like you know, we had. Police personnel, they were moving people out. They came and told us we had to stay in there. We couldn't leave until they cleared the area. And when we got out and got on our bus and we started leaving, people were throwing rocks. They were throwing coins. You know, that we had to sit down with our heads low beneath the glass because we weren't sure whether or not someone might take a shot at, or a shot at us or whatever. And so it was crazy. But then, you know, once the, the fines came down, Ooh. that was kind of like mm-hmm. reality. And that's when you realize that, we're in the entertainment business. You know, it's all about mm-hmm. our fans. It's all about perception. Um, it's not going to be tolerated going into the stands and starting fights with fans. No so. matter what they do. You know, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, remember when Antonio Davis went into the stands? Yeah. I was on the next team when he did that. <laughs> I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, man, what do you want to do in this coverage? He goes, young fella, hold on one sec. <gasps> Pew, bust right up. Yeah. This dude had his finger in his wife's face. And, and I heard Antonio in Chicago like, Yo, my man, do you have a problem? The guy said, oh, no, 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 no problem, no problem, no problem. Toop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gone. Ten yeah. games? He gone. Oh, he got a lot. I think he did get <laughs> He got a lot. I forget. But because nah. so many but, people. Yeah, no, nah, man, that, I'm telling you, I haven't – I've never been in a brawl. I've I've been in a couple fights, but never to that magnitude. But it was a scary – it was a scary thought because you, you talk about having 20,000 people and whoever else is around. Against you. Against you. Like in in that you know how sports is such sports Drinking. is one of those things, alcohol, passion, passion, fights that doesn't that's not a good recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. Would you consider the most intense of your career that you've ever experienced thus far? The most intense atmosphere. Yeah. Like you know what's so funny atmosphere? is. We give you guys the questions about playing on the road and the atmospheres that you play in and winning on the road and so forth, but. We haven't seen that in forever. No. So it's like, you it's know, how much, yeah. So you're saying like the most intense, like the toughest situation I've ever been in as a player on a, in a game as far as. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, let's talk I about that. I would say when we lost in Miami, I think it was game. Six? No. Seven. The game where the air conditioner went out in, oh, the, in the arena. What? It was game one. In San Antonio. Game one in San Antonio. Yeah. And so I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but I believe in conspiracies. Um, we have some conspiracy have theories theory. on our team. I have a theory about conspiracies. And so, unfortunately for us, you know, we ended up going into a situation where the the cooling unit, the AC unit for the entire AT&T Center uh, yeah. time is out. So you get in there immediately off the bus, and it feels like it's 95 degrees Ugh. of extreme humidity. You're like you're sweating. You get to the locker rooms, and the locker rooms are – 
are like kind of muggy, misty as if the showers have been on the whole time. And you get into the arena when you're shooting and you can almost feel like a slickness to the court and you can just feel how hot it is and the fans aren't even in there yet. And so once the fans come in, you can see the the backboard is foggy, you know. <laughs> what? They have to keep wiping the floors because the condensation from people's perspiration in the building, the humidity is all over the floor. So you go back at halftime and guys are, I mean, literally dehydrated, dripping with sweat. And there's like a box fan to clear our room out, to uh, cool our room. So we end up losing that game. And then, you know, you go down the list later and you figure out, find out that they had known that it was out and they had cooling fans in the other locker room. And so they were prepared for it. You know, no one expects to go into a game where you, you're playing and it's like you you might as well be playing in a steam room. And so, you know, I would, that's I not the reason died. we lost because they, they whooped us. They spanked us. But, you know, for me, that was when I learned that at, at all costs and by any means necessary, when the schedule is the schedule, it's going to be played. And regardless if it's if it's fair, regardless if it makes sense, regardless if it's completely safe, they're going to do everything they can to, to make sure that those games are played. And so um, sure. it ended up being a heck of a game. But for me, that was tough because you talk about game one of the finals. And even if you lose a series and if you get whooped, you still know. We all know that game one of every series Very is the important. most important series, the most important game of the series. Unless it's the 2016. Oh, jeez, Allie. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Back. Wow. I'm just kidding. Um, so, so, Champ, you, you, you've been doing this a while. Um, me and you are the resident grumpy guys on I'm the team. I'm not grumpy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's usually what a person says when they deny it. Not me. I'm yeah, not. yeah, yeah. That, not depends. <laughs> I'm not grumpy. grumpy. Um, but, you know, uh, on Twitter today we saw – it's 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 something that's kind of cool, but um, – the LB, uh, LPGA, right? Is that LPGA. LPGA. They started a podcast, um, uh, some of the kind of road to uh, road to the tour. They started a podcast very, very similar. It's called Road Chipping. <laughs> road, yeah, road Chipping. Yeah, it's, Chan- not Chan- road Chan- it's not Road Chipping. It's not Road Chipping. But they started a podcast similar to this, and you know, you've been around this, and you're big on having your own voice. You know that that media is is changing. Media is kind of dying. You're big into tech, and you see Sports Center is, not, I wouldn't say struggling, but they're just it's going like sports. The way they cover sports is changing. You know what do you see in the next kind of couple years, or what are your kind of ideas for, you know, just how sports is going to be covered? Probably changing by before we're done. I mean, well, you you guys hit it on the head when you talk about interaction. You know with the fans and with the source you know players were the source you know that's you know people come to the arena they come to get our sound bites right before the game right after the game in game because that's the beauty of sports sports is that instant thing that gives you instant gratification um but if you kind of consume it in a delayed fashion it doesn't hold the same appeal and so you want that proximity you want that access you want it to be immediate and 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 you don't want it to be stale, where it's been reported on 95 times by 95 different people. Yeah. You want to go right to the source. And, and so as the game continues to change in every sport, when you have the instant access, you can stream sports live on your phone rather than having to wait and watch a replay at night or watch SportsCenter to see whether or not they cover the highlights that you want. You can get it directly on your phone. I think more than anything, it's, it's a, a constant connection uh, to the game, it's either either analyzing it, reviewing it, um, previewing it, um, or you know, critiquing, uh, critiquing it. it, announcing it. But you know, as our the players become more articulate, you know, and and understand that media dynamic, I think it's tough. You see, print media struggling. Ooh. I think it will continue to struggle um, because we're in a tech society and, and everyone's digital. And and so as but the visual that and that's the thing is the, the visual, visual visual medium is starting to struggle. Because now, like I said, we we talked about this on the podcast before. You can go, you or I or whoever can make a play in a first quarter, and at halftime we can see the play on our phones. You can go to House of Highlights. You can go to this. You can see see it so many different places. So people don't have to watch the evening Sports Center 
right? You don't have to watch the morning sports center. You can literally follow your own team, get all the highlights, see it on Twitter. Each team now carries their own Twitters and shows the highlights from each game at up leading up until halftime. Then in the in the third quarter, so it's like teams Twitter are now covering each sport. You know, you'll see the first quarter highlights, second quarter highlights, third quarter highlights. So before you even, you know, before the game's even done, you've seen 15 highlights from the game. You know the score. Do you really need to watch SportsCenter at that point in time? No, that's and and that's why it's it's difficult. You know, I said people <laughs> we're in their mobile age. I I talk about like just our like we as professionals they ask us you know we're on the road we're road tripping i said man we're in the mobile office you know we're, we're at work on the road all the time we're putting in our work all the time consistently and so the the nba work day for us starts when we wake up until we go to sleep maybe 26 hours later <laughs> so it's 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 i'm telling you man it's it's big and it's it's there's so many layers to it it's kind of hard to predict because tv was very just like i said just linear you know it was it was tv at one point the tv used to go off at like 10 o'clock now it's at 24 you have espn news that used to run 24 hours on the loop and by the time you watch it 10 minutes in you're replaying the same highlight that that era is dead because people are starting to do more they're out they're active and like you said why watch sports center if you can scroll through a Twitter feed, see all the highlights, and do it all in two minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so many more people are now into, like, with the digital age, so many more people in America are now into, like, you know, Premier League soccer. They're transferring over from, like, Australian rules football or cricket or, you know, um, different But who really cares about watching a highlight that's probably just two different players in different jerseys doing the same thing someone else did? Now, what they want is tidbits and, and they want to see everything, but they also want to see what's behind the curtain. Yeah. They want to hear, you know, and yeah. learn about the guys they're looking, they're watching every night, and they're, they're following, they're paying, paying their good money to see. Speaking of business of basketball, champion, you work for the Players Association. <laughs> Technically, I don't work for the Players Association. I don't get paid for it. You what? Can still, but you can still work in a nonprofit and still not get paid. You don't get I'm paid for working. that? I get paid for it. That's not included? No, I mean. What is your title? What is your title for the Players Association? I am Secretary Treasurer for the National Basketball Players Association. You've always come across as a secretary to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what that means? It's just a guy who keeps paper. Keeps Champ paper. is a is a numbers guy, man. What it's was your major in college? Business. Finance. Told you. Finance. <laughs> He's a numbers guy, man. Did you graduate? Yes, I did. Of course. There's I two of us. Repping his hurricane knuckles. I graduated in four years because, I, one, I wasn't good enough to go to the NBA after two years. Three years. Work harder. I only yeah. heard about you for one year, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> last year. It was last year. <laughs> I only, let's, be, let's keep it 100. You only heard about me the last ter- four, two months. Tournament. You, yeah. you put yeah, in your work. You, you, got, you got buckets. Hey, I went yeah. from – they were like late second round – Mid first to top ten, got him, yeah. and I'm here now. Four with the fifth, and then that he means got four guaranteed with the fifth most likely time. Did that all happen during the tournament? Quick, no, no it was no, quick. No, no, no. It no, happened. I promise you, it happened like the last like probably eight or nine games of the pack. Like you had had a good oh, solid yeah, yeah, season, yeah. but then the last like ten games of the pack, yeah, you were balling. That was crazy though. You know what's crazy? This is I'm not gonna toot my own horn. No, go ahead. Listen, we played Washington, Washington State. At that time they were really good at on our on the road. Really too tough place to play. Because Pullman, those games are just boring out of your skull. And they were just a very like run the run the you know, not a triangle, but basically run like a four out one end system. <laughs> and Washington always has players. You know, they had Nate Robinson, Trey stay, Simmons, Will Conroy. Right. So I literally was like twenty eight for thirty. With like thirty something rebounds and like fifteen blocks, and didn't even win Player of the Week. They gave it to Ike Diago, who shot forty something free throws, and like both their team lost both games. Man, I was crazy. sick. No, it was my only chance to win. Yeah, but no. I didn't get it once. Where's Ike now? Oh, he's he probably live. He's happy. So see, look at Champ. he's in Japan. Champ's just starting some stuff. Right <laughs> he's here. in Japan. Uh, he just winged it, Richard. Um, okay, so that was your major, and we talked about Channing playing seven more years. Oh, no. Champ, how much longer are you at? Um, till these checks stop. <laughs> till the checks stop, but this is 14. I want to play 15, and I'm done. You know, I've, I've, I've always said I never expected to be in the NBA more than like five or six years. 
Really? You know, I wasn't I wasn't a guy that was well known uh, on the circuit. So when I saw I had an opportunity to play in the NBA, I figured it'd be the hard road where, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll get drafted, hopefully second early second round, give you a better chance to stick in or late first round, which will give you the four guarantee in the fifth year. So I was like, if I can, you know, as a second round pick, get to two contracts, um, it'll be tough, but I have no 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 gripes about that. You what know? pick were you? I was a 49th pick in in the 2003 draft, and Kyle Corbin was the 51st. That's crazy. And so, y'all two are some of the best the Steve Blake, two shooters. That are my guy, Steve Blake. Steve Blake was, I think, like the 33rd. Damn. And so, um, Udonis Haslam, my good friend, didn't even get drafted. So, you know, that was the type of guys I was with. And, you know, you look at the history and the numbers, you usually say a second-round pick. A guy will play four or five years, get a second contract, be done. So yeah, most second round picks, most second round picks don't see a second contract. No, I mean it's 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 crazy because it used to be what you were a second round pick, you just automatically assumed that you know you were going to get a fifty thousand dollars signing bonus for training camp, and that you'd be over in Europe. And so that was my real possibility. But I was I was blessed to be able to be drafted by Indiana, and they had a veteran team that was already built. And they could stash me away, so they allowed me to. Would you ever play overseas? Me? I had considered it. I mean, look, I was a finance guy, so for me, (laughs) what's the numbers? What's the numbers look like? What do the numbers look like? How much can I save? Okay, how can you start? Say Greece, man. Listen, um, when you're a 22 year old kid, now, now he wouldn't. But right now, yeah, no way. (laughs) No way. No, man. I played 14 years, three championships, six finals. You would never go to Australia for a year. They were like, no. we'll give you $5 million, man, one he's year. got three kids. They can give you five like million. At some, look, you reach a point, and this is a finance term, but you, you reach a point of diminishing returns. It's like I played basketball because I loved it. I wanted to win championships. I wanted to win NBA championships. I can go overseas and make money, but I'm not going to win an NBA championship. So I'm not going overseas. Yeah, that's true. Well, true and, and, the amount of, and the amount of money that you save when you basically save that you know, that percentage and what your return will be on that, what you're going to be able to live off of is like, I'm going to take a, a year or two years away from my kids and I'm going to go make $5 million, which basically is going to be like, that's an extra $60,000 a year for me Without to spend. $70,000 a year for me to spend. That's <laughs> no. not really worth yeah. it in the long no. term. And, and I, I said it from day one. I've always said that's, that's what my kids are with me. My wife and my kids are with me. I've always said like, wherever I go, they go. And so there's no way I'm moving my family to Australia. To play basketball, Australia. So, Channing will be forced to go. Channing will be forced to go continue no. making money. I'll so, give right. a chance. <laughs> you know, honestly, people from the outside probably think that this team is. You know, these guys are. You know, they have such a good time. They're so funny. They're so easy going. They're so lax. Nope. But, we are psychos. But, but once you tip it up, or once you make it competitive, we aren't friends. <laughs> not at all yeah. there's no love sometimes there's no love and you know but once you know once you you know call it well, no more but, competition but that's also why we'll that's also why it. champ likes throwing gasoline on the fire oh, oh man he'll be like damn rich you, you don't let you don't let channing just do that like that and, oh, and, and like he knows that everyone has that competitive cord that all you got to do is strike it a little bit. I remember when I, I first you, got it's, here It's last Gentle year. Nudging. It's oh, a book man. called Nudge. It's oh. a great book. Read it. Our listeners love book recommendations. Just book. the book What's Nudge. Give us, two. Give us two books, champ. Give us two. I'm reading one. I just finished reading one the other day. Uh, Never Split the Difference. It's a book on negotiation. I really, really like it. Life is a negotiation. Just about every conversation, every interaction with people is a negotiation. So you have to decide how you're gonna how you deal with them. And what your approach would be, and so that's one. And then, hmm, let me think of another one. Green eggs and ham. Um, <laughs> do you see? Do you see what I deal with? Do you see what I deal with? Do you see? Oh yeah. Do you oh, see what like I deal that's with? not a classic. Do you see and, what I deal with? And then, then if I say something like, Rich, you throw out some book recommendations. And, and then the okay. other one is another one called Simple Rules. Simple it's Rules. A, it's a, a business book. It just talks about rules. Um. You want me to throw out a book yeah. recommendation? It's going to Please. be very similar to, to, <laughs> uh, to Channing's, definitely. Very, very similar. What is it? You got it? No? No, Move it's on. Green Eggs and Ham, okay. too. Since we're on this, <laughs> since we're on this um, book. Green Eggs and Ham and Bacon. Book thought. Um, let's get and on a, a fun topic. Please. In terms of your smartness. Oh, thank you, Allie. Are you book smart or street smart? Oh, Me? Both. I'm both. 
<laughs> and humble. I'm both. And very, very I, I humble. Really, I'm both. You really think so? I know. I, I, I mean, it depends which streets you're talking about. Um, <laughs> if you're talking about Wall Street, no, there's sharks out there. I can't fade those guys. They, they take people's money every day, so I can't really mess with them. But if you're talking about like Hood Street Smart, like navigating the the rough inner streets of Miami. Yeah. Of uh, where to cocaine go. Cocaine Cowboys. Where, where not to the, go, when to be there, who to know, mess with, who not yeah. to mess with. Excuse me. Dealing, dealing with the Cuban mafia down there. If you're dealing with Zopound out there in uh, you know, the Haitian community. Um, so if you were found know. in a dark alley, if I was found in a dark alley, I would want to be next to Champ. Without a doubt. Well, Champ wouldn't be down right that alley. He'd be at the entrance. <laughs> no, you like, do- yo, yo, you hey. in trouble. I just want to be somebody. <laughs> you down, if you were down a dark alley with me, it would be an alley that's probably lit with LED lights and the lights just went off. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> On purpose. I want to be in an alley with somebody I can outrun. Oh, man. That's- you can't mm. outrun anyone. Uh, Richard yeah. Lowkey is fast at times. At, he has at burst, times. He has burst speed. At, he has that, he's fear fast. You can jump a fence. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, he can jump. I can jump. As it's all about. Channing, are you book smart or street smart? Oh gosh. <laughs> but you know, Wait, R- RJ, RJ. See, RJ he plays the victim very it. well. Sorry, you, sorry. you just saw how he puffed can, out his chest can, and then can, tried can, to sink in his chair. Continue <laughs> answering the question, Channing. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, he's comic <laughs> book smart. <laughs> no, I stay in my lane. Their community embrace me. No, um, I would probably have to say like street smart because I think like book stuff changes all the time. Like, and so it's hard for me to keep up with all that. So I know what I like, and I'm if I love something, I'm gonna get involved One, and dive two, into it. But three, four. Are you a fighter? Five, no, six, not at all. Unless like seven, it takes eight, a lot for me to get really nine, mad. Oh, did they tell you about when he wanted to fight us though in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, told. He's that a story. fighter. Oh, yeah. can he can you give us, us? Can you give us the how the story went? The okay, night. so. So I'll tell you how it happened. It's worth it. Little did I know Channing had had a bad game before we actually had this conversation because I really – I wasn't really paying attention to his stat line. I think he was like one for 16 or something like that. (laughs) It was like one for 11. So he's one for 11. And so he wasn't really feeling that great. He was kind of putting a lot of pressure on himself. And so coach breaks it down and we're done. And so Channing proceeds after our meeting. I'm pretty sure he just took his tape off. Probably just put his tights in his bag, mesh bag. You know, probably was picking at his toes or something like that. You know, tying his shoes up, taking his orthotics out. So he's touching his feet, everything. Took his tights off, put his towel around his waist. And then he just proceeds to go directly to the food table. Where the food, the lids. There's, the the, lids. The, the, there's fruit on the table with tongs where you can grab it so it's open fruit. Um, probably like some almond butter that's open, salad that's open. And then they had the food trays where you can move the lid back. There we go. You can move the lid lid back. I can't really tell because I'm, you know, situated behind them. And so Channing proceeds to just start grabbing. And so you have to understand that if the table is right here, if you go two feet to the left of the table and go four steps, three steps forward, you'll be at the sink where you can wash your hands. (laughs) So Channing proceeds right after the game to walk up there without washing his hands and starts to, and so we're like Janet can you like at least wash your hands oh no no, no. So, we we there was one person yeah. that said it first no and then so it just, I think you yeah. said it no did no. Bron say it first Bron Bron said it first and so Bron says at the end so I think everyone's like yeah yeah I'm the last one <laughs> so everyone proceeds to say Janet wash your hands man you can at least wash your hands and he's like yo man and then I get looking. to the end I was like it's but I'm the one that says it's, it's cool, Channing. You know, it's, it's it's not an issue that the bathroom is literally like three feet away. <laughs> and that sent him over the top. Oh. So you want to say I stoked the fire, put gas on the situation. I just gave him an alternative. And, man, listen, I don't need you guys telling me what to do. I don't need five people to tell me. Oh. I'm just touching the tin. And I'm like, well, Channing, other people who wash their hands will have to touch that tin before. they. But you know what? Hey. You want to fight me for telling you to wash your hands? And so that's the first time I was almost ever got into a fight for telling a guy to wash his hands. Yeah. So that was a, a, a fight. And low key, a fight. I'm not going to snitch, but I'm snitching like a mofo right now. Richard does it almost every game, and nobody says nothing, man. Every game, I see Richard walk over there, tink, and he's opening everything. Richard also, like, when the media was in the <laughs> locker room, took guacamole and threw it at the shower door. Okay? And left it there. He did that for real? 
Uh, yeah, he did it for real. He took guacamole on a chip and threw it <laughs> at the door that goes do you remember, in the shower. Do, you hey, remember, do they have footage Do they have Do they have? Do you remember do when have Donald, Donald Trump was talking about locker room talk? <laughs> wow. Like, what happens inside a locker room needs to stay. I have one person snitching about guacamole, another person no, snitching about I didn't, didn't wash my you hands. You didn't hear me. I said, but do they have video footage? Uh, hopefully they don't have videos. <laughs> all right. Locker room. All right. Uh, then yeah. you can deny it all. Well, no, I'm not going to deny it. So I, it's this, true. This, this what I'm, no, I'm not saying that either. What I what, what, I, what I want to address here is my two uh, co-hosts. <laughs> co-hosts. So I what actually think, I'm not snitching. Actually, by, by the way, if you're not, I think you're the one that's being bullied. hundred percent. My both of them. My observation. Both of them. Uh, you're the one that's being bullied. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. Both James. of them just verbally Seriously. abused. Whoa, yeah, is right. me. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm not. Richard, was, are you street I made smart? that story up. I made that story up because I felt like you weren't being included in the conversation. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so now you made something up and you're lying about something at the same time. I did so not make anything up and I am not feeling sorry for you. Are you book smart or street smart, Richard? <sighs> I think I think it's equal parts 50-50. <laughs> it's equal parts 50-50 because – You failed I, P.E. No, yeah, that that's from a lack of caring. <laughs> but but I'm saying I'm not this person. I I'm not a person that is like overly well read, mm-hmm. even though I try and you know gather knowledge. And I'm not you a know person. A little uh, bit about a lot of things. Yes, a little bit. So you can kind of speak intelligently on on the surface, but I'm also not a person that because I moved uh, to a nice area when I was a kid. I'm not a person that has this like crazy street smart. I know where I'm not going. I know where I'm not involved. It's like, okay, for instance, oh, remember remember when the guys got in trouble at One Oak and the stabbing and all oh, that stuff yeah. happened uh, with Cephalosha? And uh-huh. I lived in New York, and I was at One Oak probably 100 times. I never had an altercation. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I never had an yes. altercation because my thing was like, okay, this doesn't look right. right. I'm leaving. It yeah. wasn't so, like, wait, what's going no, on? So you're Who's talking the, the difference you're talking about is between street smarts and street creds. I have zero street cred. I have zero street oh, cred. Zero. Oh, I got maybe one or two. No, I, I mean, I'm if they give me street cred, it's because I'm from the neighborhood and they, they can relate to me and they yeah. respect me and they want me to do well. But it's not because I maneuvered in the streets and I knew everyone, all yeah, the tough that's, guys. that's it. So, the so, tough guys never saw me. And that's what I'm saying. So I know how to avoid situations yeah. that just it just don't look right. I actually will get – I will get more defensive when I start to feel uncomfortable. Like if someone's walking like five feet behind me, because I walk fast. So if someone's walking behind me and I just kind of, I keep looking over my shoulder like, yo, why are you so like, why are you so close to me? Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not overly well read and I'm not this kid that grew up on these mean streets and had to navigate them. But I know how to avoid things and I feel like I can, you know, navigate, you know, I conversations. I with laughter. You? That's oh me. God. Oh, yeah. I would agree, Channing. I would agree. That is a well-said statement. <laughs> <laughs> Channing's not our, our champ's not amused. No, not at all. That not wouldn't the, work in Miami. What <laughs> laughter? Diffusing it with laughter. No, it would, but it wouldn't. No, it, it would still work. get robbed. Yeah, Champ. What are you, what are your thoughts on, on guys that are looking for street cred still after after they've navigated said streets after they've made it to a college after they've gotten you know into a position where they can financially afford to be in a uh, in a good position but still go searching for said street cred. Let's go Plaxico Burris and carry a gun into a club and shoots himself in the leg. Now, one of the things before you before we continue on this, this is not a knock on Plaxico, everybody makes mistakes. I would never go to a place as a professional athlete where I would need to carry a gun for security. That is just that is just me. So that is when you go street smart, am I smart enough to not be in a position where I ever have to carry a gun, even though I've made millions of dollars, even though I won a Super Bowl? Yes. From that sense, I am pretty street smart. Yeah. No. <clears throat> well, from to me, it makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, it's very – guys. <laughs> Guys, it's tough for guys to to be put themselves in uncomfortable positions. What I mean is, you know, you gotta have guys that come from the street, and guys that get in, you know, run with those circles, and they become comfortable with that. But you know, once you reach this level, you know, we all sacrifice and do everything to make it to this level, to go forward, not to go back. And so, too many guys go forward, and then they want to go back and say, "Hey, I'm taking you know everything I did back to the place where you know that made me." And it's usually a recipe for disaster, but no, I'm with you. Like, first off, if I'm, I'm not carrying a gun, 
I'm supposed to be. Have the money. I'm, to I'm supposed to be partying. I'm supposed to be partying. I'm not supposed to be out here. This isn't. This isn't like uh, you know, police academy where I'm training <laughs> with targets. No, you just. You know what? Where are you guys going? Cool. I'm going over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what uh, Chris Rock said. He was like, "Never go to parties with metal detectors. <laughs> sure, you true. feel safe this, on the inside. This is true. But all the niggas outside know that you don't have a weapon." <laughs> I want to, like I said, you know, I like to be incognito. So even if I do go out, I want to go somewhere where it's like, I don't want to go to a place where they're like, hey, James Jones, what's up, James? How you doing, man? I'm, I want to go. People are like, hey, man, you're tall. How you doing? Let me buy you a drink. What's your name? If if I hit what's near me and there is not like a Pinkberry or a Bed Bath Beyond or a Whole Foods. I'm not messing with man. I ha- I I'm a homebody, man. I've been on six oh, different teams. I guarantee you I've never lived more than two miles away from a Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you yeah. that. Where's the location? Oh, this is not nice. Where's nearest Whole Foods? Oh, well, they're thinking about building. Yeah, well, I'm nah, thinking about not living around here. Right. Where's, no. where's the Starbucks? Yes. Well, no, Starbucks. No, you Starbucks go Starbucks, 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 Starbucks. Starbucks. They can put Starbucks you in got the hood. The good Starbucks, the drive-through Starbucks. I don't say no, the, they have Starbucks drive-throughs in the hood too. Do they? I don't say yeah. good Starbucks anymore. You can't. That's just like yeah. uh, no. You have to literally. It's 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 Pinkberry, Bed Bath Beyond, um, yeah. Whole Foods, Whole Foods, yeah. Bed Bath Beyond. It's Bed Bath and Beyond. Is a lot it's kind of sketchy on, on the edge too now. Okay, Whole Foods is a gift. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Okay, I'll give you the other one that we will all agree on. Apple Store, but I don't. Oh, they're not, not even that's close. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm no, serious. real talk. But he's right. No, I know he's right. Apple because it's obvious. Well, no, I just say I said I know we would all agree on it. And I knew it was obvious that we had mentioned like five or six different retail places. They don't and, just man. plop Apple stores anywhere, though. No, and, that's and what we're I saying, don't, and yeah. I don't plop my butt anywhere. That's <laughs> 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 true. It's the truth. No, yeah. no, and this is true. not. Look, this is not. This is not to knock people that that come from different backgrounds. My grandmother still lives in Oakland. My father lives in a retirement community in Compton, California, and I will drop them off. I, hey, I will see you from the hours of this and yeah. this. And that's not only because they tell us this in Rookie Transition. You are a target. Right out. You are a target. I remember Kanye talked about uh, one of his songs that he had to pay 250 grand from somebody, one of his family members, because he had things on a laptop. And it's like you are a target not only for your family but your friends, people that know, oh, oh, what are you doing? You know, it could be your cousin talking to her best friend. Oh, well, you know, Richard's going to come by and bring, you know, gifts for the, for my little nephews. So then what happens? She's like, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so is going to be there. You hear people getting yeah, set up no, all the time. It's about being well-rounded. Yeah. And so for me, you know, my, so, my family's still in Miami. I love my family. I go everywhere. You know, yeah. I love the, the spots down in Overtown. I love the spots in Liberty City, um, North Miami. You know, I live in Broward um, now. Like, you know, I'm all over the city. But you really just do it to have a wide perspective. And so where do I spend most of my time with my kids? Are in places where we have parks, where we have horses. You know, the things that, you know, weren't a part of my world growing up. And so, you know, that's my take. I'll always be amazed with people that have an opportunity to better themselves and their environment and get a chance to leave it but somehow get drawn back yeah. to that environment. Um, and, and, and like I said, you should always give back to the communities that help raise you. You should always do things for the individuals that help supported you. You know, the kids that are in, you know, a similar environment and a similar position as you, you should always give back. That being said, do them in business hours. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys do? What do you guys do as far as community? Because one of the things I do, um, I'm very proud of this, is in the summer I have this thing I call Camps for Champs and Crew 22. It started with Camps for Champs. I started doing something with DCF, DCF, Department of Children and Families, yeah. a few years ago. Changed it up and did this thing which I call uh, Crew 22. And so every summer I take kids out of the homeless system, out of like the juvenile justice system and for a week I take them to a college campus usually FIU North and they get campus tours Um, we did an overnight camp Um, we do a lot of interactive team building things with them and that's how I stay connected to the neighborhood it's not going back and you know spending my time on the corner and being out in the parks and just being visible and out in the hot spots and out at the parties for me it's 
connecting with the kids that are in that neighborhood to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I can be. This is what you can be. This is a road or a path to get out of an adverse situation. So you can be me. You can be Channing. You can be RJ and then go back and provide a pathway for other kids to come out too. So so when I uh, so I have nine nieces and nephews. Uh, so me going back and giving back to them. Oh, yeah, just typically, go home. I just go home. <laughs> and uh, I will be paying for a couple of them. To go. Well, my niece is going to college. That's uh, she's going to Arizona this year. And I was the first one in my family to go to a four-year university. So the fact that just the very next generation, I'm able to help go to college. Uh, and she's going to Arizona this fall. Uh, my nephew just applied, so that'll be awesome. Uh, Channing, how do you give back to the Mean Streets of Chandler? Uh, I don't give back to Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do things kind of. I try to do things the uh, like nothing the, basically. So he's basically saying nothing. <laughs> you know Jenny, what's funny? Y'all Jenny, you don't have to have a story. No, no, that's all right. You don't have to have a story. No, no. Every year I donate up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I just do it like without. So what would I have to do? Uh, so who do you give it to? Uh, well, I gave uh, a certain amount of money to uh, the KCI Institute uh, to help have my oh, daughter. Yeah, your daughter. I have eyes, yes. and then um, I have eyes, but to see. <laughs> And I gave money to the same people who helped me get back uh, to playing basketball down at um, Johns Hopkins. Um, see, no, those are great. See, those are great things. But see, those are great causes that are near and dear to your heart. Right. Well, yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then I just get back. Like I'll just yeah. say, like you know, does the school? What does the school need? Yeah. Um, I saw it from Larry Fitzgerald actually in Phoenix. He just walked up to a school. It was like I think one of the worst junior highs in Phoenix, and he was like what do y'all need? And they were like, he's like, I'm going to give you 20 minutes to give me a list. And they literally gave him like a two-page list and two days later oh, he came awesome. in a truck. Yeah. We're like, all it was, oh, they, you would think it would be like, oh, we need laptops, we need this. They're like, no, we just need new math books, some pencils and papers, and we need money because kids don't have meals. And I think yeah. that's another thing I donated to yeah. um, was that kids don't have food in the morning because their parents work. And they're like, here, get ready to get dressed. And they go off to work and I hear catch the bus. So free the lunch. Come to school. Free lunch, free breakfast. Yeah, man. It's it's uh, pretty important. So I did some things with that out in Orlando. And, um, you know, just things that come up to my mind. But, yeah, I'm in there. But I just don't want all that recognition. I think people should do what they want to do. Um, uh, and then, you know, James' thing is, is extremely admirable. I, I don't know. I no, I see. I, I, I differ. That's where I differ. I think a lot of times because we're just so – people. We people always, you know – we're very conscious of not coming across as like disingenuine and showmen and doing things for political reasons or for, for popular reasons. But our guys do a lot, like athletes in general. We do a lot for our communities. And I think people need to know more about that because um, it dispels this notion. <laughs> yeah, it dispels this notion that all we do is just play a game that we love. to get, We get paid a lot of money yeah, to just play a game. Tell like, I donated a couple dollars to my college. What I know. I mean, oh my God. put education. your name on it. No, I, the yes, money, it doesn't matter what you get in return. It's what they do with the money. Higher education. I yeah. gave some money to U of A, too, to get a brick. Richard, were you born in the 70s? What? Did Did you born get drafted in the 70s? Them? Kiss my ass. <laughs> were you born in the 70s? Kiss yes, he was born in the 70s. Ass. I was born in 1980. Thank you. No, you were not. Yes, I was. Why would I lie? Why you were born lie? in 1979. Okay, so I'll be 37. It is 2017. I'll be 37 in June. Yeah, Google it, Channing. Show us your street smarts. How do we know your birth certificate is, is real? Because I'm not pres- President Obama. Hey, Kyrie. <laughs> because oh I'm not Barack God. Obama. Uh, That's how you know it. My mine is real. Did you find it, Channing? Yeah. Wow, okay. He's how old am I? Uh, 36. 36 and change? 36. He'll be 37. 1980. Yes, 1980. I don't. 1980. What's wrong with being born in 1970s? Like I'm not. I've actually been. I've played against guys that were born. I in think the I 60s. Played, in the 60s. I played against guys that were born. In the 60s. I think the closest person I think okay. was like 61. What? I almost played against somebody born because if I was a rookie, oh, yeah. and they were 40, like Robert Parrish or someone. You played yeah. with Robert Parrish? He was in the league oh, when you were there. He might. That might. Could have been you play till you're 40? Me? Yes. yes. If Vince could do it, I could. Yes. It's his main yeah. motivation for everything. What? Vince. If Vince, if Vince, if Vince, Doug, if Vince Richard like stretches extra hard the next day. Yeah, if Vince, if Vince can do it, I can. And I think you know what? I, I change. I'm gonna change this right here, right now. I'm gonna tell everybody. As long as Vince plays, I'm going to play one day longer than him. <laughs> <laughs> one day. So if Vince decides to sign a two-year contract, then people ask well, you me. You know what? Yeah, just if that's go, the case. I'm just, playing until I'm 42. There we go. When you got a ratchet like you, champ. I'm just saying, I'm going to play until I'm, I'm, I'm 40. I'm going to get 20 years in. Wow. 
I'm at 16. I feel if I'm at 16 and I'm still dunking on people, I can yeah, play for two more years and then just steal for two more years after well, that. Well, we see Braun and Bronny Jr. in the league at the same time. No. What? No. How old will Braun have to be? Well, I, I only – Braun have to be like – I don't know. Bronny Jr. is 12? 12. So you're talking about another eight years? Probably uh, 39. Six, six I, I will only say this. That one at Dunro will be gone by that time. No, the only no, thing. Not until the next CBA. Oh, uh, Allie, they Allie, can't do anything Allie, to Allie, I just, I think there was, there was some heat given to uh, a person who will remain nameless about mentioning bronze kids. So if we could not. He doesn't care. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, oh the guy. Oh, the, the guy. The, yeah, no, he's an idiot. Yeah, he doesn't care. Um, No, I, I think I think, I think his son has that, that chance. But will Bron – He'll That's be tough. doing upper upper stuff. Hey, champ, we appreciate you. When are we doing Thank this you. again, champ? Oh, just let me know. Because I have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna get in trouble for some of the things that we said. Oh, this. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. We can do it again whenever you guys want to. Champ whatever. gives the people what they want. Whatever, whatever you guys want to. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thanks, champ. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right. For this edition of Road Trip with RJ and Channing. For Richard Jefferson. <laughs> James Jones, the champ. Channing Fry. I'm your host, Ali Clifton. Okay.